All right, we're back. Another episode of Every Playlist Tells a Story. I'm Todd. I'm Jimmy. And we are back to entertain you with some uh, some songs and some stories and uh, see where it goes from there. How about that? Sounds great, Todd. Right. Sounds wonderful. Sounds it's wonderful. going to be an exciting week. It is going to be exciting. I think we got a couple of strong songs here. Yeah, instrumentals. This Instrumental week. week over here on Every yeah. Playlist Tells a Story. Yeah, a rare occasion that we both hit on the instrumental. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. All right. Well, uh, I think, uh, why don't you get us started? Oh, okay. Kick right into it. Yeah. Well, you know, it's summertime. You know, it's still, I'm still on my summertime kick, Todd. Yep. Still got the um, summer playlist in rotation. Yeah, yeah. We're in the heat of summer right now. Um, <clears throat> and you know what I love about summers here in Indiana, Todd? What do you love, Jimmy? The afternoons can get so hot that you only have really only have two to- choices when you get up in that ninety degree range. You can either sit inside in the air conditioner, which you hate, which I absolutely hate. It's a waste of a beautiful hot day, right? Or you can sit outside in the pool or the lake or any source of water, like a hippo, which I'm always a fan of. Like a hippo? Like well, a hip- I mean hippopotamus? Like you know, you're just sitting in there, okay. you know, kind of just like right where your neck is, yeah. or you know, maybe you got to get up every once in a while. You got a beer, you got to grab, you know. And I would say even if you can't afford a pool, man, go up to Walmart and get you one of them inflatable ones. Put that yeah. thing up, fill it with water, you're good to go. Twenty minutes, man. Oh yeah, I got a pool in my backyard. Yeah, it's above ground. I mean, it's got a deck. It's you know, it's pretty nice. And right. Um, and at, it gets all day sun. I mean, it's like, and 90 Sauna. degrees is like bath water. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And it's not always refreshing when it really gets right. up in the upper 90s. But you know what? Just stay, you just get down low. Just get, get down low, enough to breathe. <laughs> just get down low and stay wet. Yeah, stay wet. And I mean, that's what hippos do, man. Yeah. Yeah. That's how they survive the jungle. Um, so, yeah, big fan of water, you know. And when, when you're chilling by the poolside or the water side, anywhere, uh, you need sunshiny music to go with it. Uh, now you're not going to be listening to, you know, Pink Floyd's The Wall, you know, which has songs like Goodbye Blue Sky and Waiting for the Worms. Right. Uh, you're not listening to the Smiths, Heaven Knows I'm Miserable Now. And you're certainly not listening to Johnny Cash's version I heard. You know, right. I mean, you know, you don't want to bomb the, the pool party out. Right. Yeah. Uh, keep you it need, lively. Yeah. You got to keep it lively. You need, um, you know, you need something that's easy flowing, you know, music wise that goes with the hot summer and. And one of my go-to songs is this instrumental, Summer Samba, So Nice. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, by the Walter Vondelay Trio. On the rain, it all comes off their Rainforest album, uh, released September 1966. My, outside of Little Richard, might be the oldest song I think I've yeah. done. Um, now, this, now, there are many versions of this song out there. Uh, it, you know... It comes from the roots of bossa nova music, which was, uh, you know, you're talking about the the beaches of Rio de Janeiro, you know, right. um, where bossa nova got its start. Um, you know, bossa nova is like a, you know, it kind of goes with the history of Brazil, you know, in 1958, uh, around that time is when I think the song first came around. It's... Um, you know, the country itself was came off of a dictatorship. The regime had fallen. It was a time of democracy, and the young kids were celebrating. But the problem was is that the samba music in Brazil was like Johnny Cash's Hurt or Pink Floyd's Waiting for the Worms. It was very depressing music. So, the, you know, the younger kids had to find their own thing, and they were really into American jazz okay. and uh, kind of mixed, uh, took influences from jazz and influence from samba. And, 
up comes the bossa nova music that yeah. um, you know was in, it was embraced by um, you know people like you know the crooners like Frank Sinatra and Tony Bennett you know and made its way to the United States. In fact, uh, Tony Bennett uh, saw Van the Vanderlei Trio in Sao Paulo, um, which is like the biggest city. It's in Brazil, the biggest city in the Southern Hemisphere, uh, on a Brazil- Brazilian tour. And um, was taken back by how wonderful he was. He urged him to go to the United States and you know, hook him up with a record producer, record company, um, get him to come in and at least do a single. Well, you know, uh, you know, it turned into an album. And the Summer Samba was one of the songs that you know was was the first single. First came from those sessions. Yeah, there were you know Portuguese versions of this. Uh, vocal versions or mm. English vocal versions. Uh, his is uh, instrumental, like I said. Uh, the English vocal version of the song was written, now this is interesting, was written by a, a man named Norman Gimbel. Now, Norman is in the Songwriters Hall of Fame. Now, he's mainly known for writing uh, lyrics to you know, films and TVs. Uh, you know, Todd, do you remember the show Happy Days? I do. You know, Mon- Sunday, Monday, Happy Days, yeah. Tuesday, Wednesday, Norman Gimbel. Um, Laverne Shirley. Yes. You know, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, Shamil, Shamazel, Hoffengever Incorporated. <laughs> We're going to do it. Yeah. Um, and for the older kids out there, you know, he, he did the score for HR Puff and stuff. Oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, he also co wrote Killing Me Softly, you know, Roberta Flag yeah. Fuji's. Yeah. He, uh, there was a girl named Laura Lieberman who wrote a poem after she went and saw. The American Pie guy, uh, bye bye, Miss American Pie. Oh, Don McLean. Don McLean, yeah. Um, so I was thinking the American Pie movie. Uh, a little different. <laughs> uh, this uh, version of Summer Samba reached twenty six on the Billboard Hot one hundred, um, October fifteenth, nineteen sixty six. Wipeout by the Safaris beat it out for the twenty fifth spot. Kind of tells you the uh, okay. mentality of pop music at the time. Right. Uh, very. Very Austin Powers yeah. uh, type uh, influence there. Um, in 1966, you know, uh, you think about the music then. You know, I, you know, I went and looked at the Grammys. You know, the, the theme to the TV show Batman won a Grammy. Oh wow! Yeah, and um, you know what the record of the year was? 1966. Yeah, very adult contemporary. Now you got to think about them. You know, this is Beatles and Stones. I'm saying Neil Diamond. Neil Diamond, like for Strangers in the Night by Frank Sinatra. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, adults weren't, you know, the biggest fan base of the Beatles and Stones like they are today. Right. Uh, there, you know, there was a market for contemporary. They were the devil. What's that? Said they were the devil. They were the devil. They were the rebels. The damn rock and rolls got hip, to go. Long-haired hippies. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, there was a, there was a market for the Brazilian bossa nova, and there was a big influence influence on the '60s sound. You know, okay. it's definitely got that lounge feel to it, man. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that's what I dig about it. It's just you know, how can you not smile when you hear the song? You're right. It's it's you know it's it's hot. It's hot summer. F- Sun fun there, you know. It's um, you know, I, it sings to my soul. It's just it's very it's comforting. Yeah, it's very. But what soothing. I love about I would say soothing, very soothing. And you know, a lot of people rip on you know that bossa nova sound because yeah. it's kind of like elevator music, right? Uh, but you know, it's because the American version of it. You know, if you go to the roots of bossa nova, it's actually like you say. You know, you love the raw sound of uh, yeah. 
of a song. I mean, the original stuff that was coming out, you know, like uh, Tom Jobim was coming out with, and that I, I dig that stuff. I, I really do. Right. Um, it's when I'm, you know, the United States got a hold of it. It just kind of bastardized the uh, the whole genre. I mean, Brazilian people hate the American version of bossa nova because it sounds like elevator music. Right. Yeah. I mean, could you imagine like? You know, Tibetan monks say, hey, why don't we get together and do a Waylon and Willie tribute band? You know, I mean, it's just, no, no, no. It's just not going to work. It's not going to work. So, you know, don't, you know, don't just discredit Boston Nova just because you think it's elevator music. There is good stuff out there. Um, but what I love about this version the most is that um, Walter uses a Hammond organ. Now, the first time I discovered a Hammond organ was when I saw a video for Deep Purple. Now, this is the Perfect Strangers album. This is when the, I guess, the Mach 2, the version everybody knows, right. the classic Ian Gillen led, in which three of them are still in the band today uh, of this reunion. Um, the song was, the music video was knocking at your back door. It's kind of having like a Mad Max theme going. But at the end, they I think showed, it had like a, a Jaws intro to that song, didn't it? Right. Yeah, it had the old Jaws kind of theme intro to the beginning of it. Yeah, before Roger Glover's yeah. bass kicked in. Yep. Yep, that's his song. And there was, at the end of that video, there were live, kind of like live concert clips. Uh-huh. And, you know, they were, they were coming in, they like turned on some TVs here in this theme of this video, and they, show, they were showing these, showing them playing. And one of the things that stuck out when I first saw that was, John Lord is the keyboard player, you know, one of the founding members of Deep Purple. He was in the band at the time. He had uh, a keyboard, like an organ, that um, it was like, you know, it was like on a rocking chair. It was just, he was rocking it back and forth right. while he was playing. I mean, he had the long hair, he had the mutton chops, yeah. he had his sunglasses on in a dark concert hall, and he's just rocking this thing back like he's pushing somebody on a rocking chair, playing at the same time. Yeah. And that, Kind of took and that's me. unusual because normally those things are pretty stationary. Yeah, I mean, you know, you want to. It figured you got to be like level. You yeah. Know, the, uh, you know, play the not, play the keys. Not John Lord, man. Not John Lord breaks He's, all the rules. Yeah, he breaks all the rules. So I, I had this like, what the hell kind of organ is this? You know that. So I looked it up. It was a Hammond organ, and then I started like thinking, you know, Deep Purple's playing. Who else is playing? And I found out. You hear him a Hammond organ yeah. a lot in, in songs like, um, you know, Allman Brothers, Greg Allman, mm-hmm. Hammond organ player, Whipping Post, Midnight Rider, you know, kind of carries the weight, uh, you know, the way the song sound on its back, you know. Uh, Steppenwolf, Magic Carpet Ride, uh, Born to be Wild. It's got a cool sound, man. Yeah, great keyboards in the middle of Magic Carpet Ride, uh, Proko Harms, uh, Wider Shade of Pale. Uh, Booker T and the MGs, you know, Green Onion, another great mm-hmm. instrumental that that features uh, Steve the Colonel Cropper, who was in the movie Blues Brothers. Uh, he was uh, part of the backup band. Uh, it was the scene where, you know, they were going around recruiting. Yeah, uh, that's when they went to the Holiday Inn, and uh, he was in the band Murph and the Magitones. <laughs> right. It was you know Donald Duck Don, Donald Duck Don, Willie Too Big Hall, and Tom. Bones Malone. <laughs> they were getting ready to start their Armada Room two-hour disco party swing. But, you know, little Stevie Winwood when he was in the Spencer Davis group, Give Me Some Lovin'. Okay. And again, another Blues Brothers yeah. reference there. You remember when that show, song showed up in the movie? Give Me Some Lovin'. Uh, man, is that towards the end? 
They didn't use a Hammond. They had the horn section cover the Hammond organ. Was that at the end when they were... Nah. No, no. I don't this, remember when it was. It was uh, the opening song for their first gig that they got back together when they played oh, the Bob's, it's when they were Bob's Country Bunker. Yeah, yeah they, but, didn't even, they didn't get through the whole song. No, no. They shut off the lights yeah. and they had to figure out something to play the crowd quick because they were throwing beer bottles at them. <laughs> yeah. Chicken wire, man. Chicken wire. God. Um, yeah, so yeah, give me some love and Hammond Organ. That's a great song, too. Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, the Hammond Organ is a... Yeah, you can hear that anywhere, and it's a great sound. I just love that bench sound, and that's yeah. that. I think that's why I love this version of Summer Samba so much because it's, it's just a it's just a great sound. Um, getting back to give me some love, and can I tell a little side story? Absolutely. All right, so ACDC, a little bit of history on ACDC. Uh, now, all right, so, so just real quick, yeah, we've gone from elevator music, right, to a to Deep Purple. Correct. Swinging back to ACDC. To back to ACDC. I just want to make sure I'm following the roadmap. Yeah, and I think the theme of my the theme of my spiel here is that the Hammond organ is awesome. I'm a big right. fan. Yeah. And, no, right. and I think Summer Samba is like the best showcase, showcase of the, yeah. Hammond organ. All right. Didn't mean to interrupt. ACDC. ACDC. 78. They had two albums come out, uh, Powerage and uh, if you want the live album, if you want Blood, you got it. Neither one of them really cracked the U.S. market. So Atlantic Records decided, okay, we're going to get some new management in and try to you know, get this band better exposure in, in the U.S. So new management comes in. They immediately, pretty much immediately, fire um, George Young and Harry Vonda, who you know, produced all the early right. ACDCs. You know, Let There Be Rock up to that point. Brother like, of the brothers. Yeah, yeah. George Young was uh, the older brother of Malcolm and Angus. Um they fire them too and hire Eddie Kramer, who had produced and engineered a ton of classic albums from Jimi Hendrix, Led Zeppelin, Peter Frampton, Derek and Domino. It was even later, you know, Anthrax Among the Living, you know, and oh, wow. Cotton and Mosh and, uh, you know, Indians and all that. Fast Ways, first debut album, Fast, Fast Eddie Clark, yeah. Motorhead, and uh, White Snake, Pretty, Pretty Maids, on and on and on. Pretty um, Maids? Did you say Pretty Maids? Pretty Maids. Future World. Yeah. God, that was my jam. Yeah, great song. Oh, Eddie Kramer, song. man. Eddie Kramer. A lot of credibility. They figured, how can he miss? You know, right. The guys had success in the U.S. market. He'll get ACDC over the top. Well, as we all know, ACDC fans know that um, it wasn't Eddie Kramer that produced Highway to Hell, which had been the 79 follow-up album. It was Mutt Lang, uh, who would you know, later yeah. have trouble with his... Uh, Future ex-wife Shania Twain, but before that, you know, but prior to Def Leppard, uh, Pyromania, Pyromania, The Cars, yeah. Back yeah. in Black, huge, huge producer. Yeah, Mutt Lang. Yeah, well, you know, he was up and coming then, uh, but there was a lot of confidence in him. But the reason why Eddie Kramer lost a job was number one, he didn't like Bon Scott. He wanted to get rid of Bon Scott, oh. which that did not. You know, you know, you know, I love Bon Scott. That would that didn't sit well with Malcolm. But what really was the death now was he suggested that ACDC do a cover of Give Me Some Lovin'. Could you imagine Give Me Some Lovin' being on the Highway to Hell album? At first glance, it seems far-fetched. Yeah. But then I, I look at the 74 Jailbreak record. All right. And some of those songs on there, like Show Business and... Uh, um, uh, Baby, Please Don't Go. Baby, Please Don't Go, yeah. And it doesn't... 
like I said, at first Those glance, are Australian albums. It's, it sounds out of the realm of it, but then I think of that record and I think of those songs. And I think you know what they could probably pull it off. <sighs> I'd be, I would, be, I would be interested in hearing the version of it. It would be like when, Van, and you may hate me for the saying this, but it may be, it would be like when Van Halen did "Pretty Women" and "Dance Dancing in the Street." Pretty Woman. I hate you. The show's over. <clears throat> okay. Well, that, thank you. Uh, good night. Hey. First four Van Halen albums, I, I put them up against anybody. Oh, most in most of covers, bunch of covers on those records. But uh, Diver Down was the weakest Roth Van Halen album. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I would love to know what you think is weaker. No, I, 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 I was gonna say I don't know that I. Yeah, I don't know. Because there's a lot of covers. Yeah. I mean, there was enough original there for an EP. Yeah, I. Yeah. I just I love all that stuff. I don't, I've never stopped to think about dancing the street. No, that's not. I, I like it. Okay, All right. it was a hit single. Yeah, but if you know, it's like you know. Remember when I went to the bathroom when they played yeah. "I'll Wait" in concert? Yeah, I would go to the bathroom on that one. But see, dancing in the street. There's something about, and I don't know what the instrument is. But there's that the bubbly. There's a bubbly kind of sound. At the, the beginning, is that it's, I don't know what it's what it's make what makes it, but I I, I think that's the coolest sound. <sighs> mm. Okay, all right. Well, <laughs> breaking your heart. There's something we disagree with, because you know I, I do I do get complaints that we don't argue enough. But yeah, yeah I just I, I can't. mean we can't force it. I'm not bored. I mean we're not going to agree on everything. That's the thing. I think that's why we're. I think that's why this works, and it's worked for 20 years. Is we're kind of similar and. And it's what true. we like, and yeah. and you know, and at the same time, we're open minded enough to go. You know what? Okay, cool. You don't like dancing in the street. I dig the song. I dig that synthesizer sound. I dig that little bubbly sound. I don't know what it is about it, but yeah, it, it's enough for. I'm not. It's not the greatest Van Halen song, but it's. I'm not. You know. But see, I, that's my left brain, my Spock side yeah. of my brain. This I mean, if I had, yeah, and, and, and as far as picking a week, I don't know if I'd pick a week album, but if I had to pick a week Van Halen Roth song, and it's it's bizarre because I can't even think of anything that comes to mind that I go, oh, I don't like that song. But I mean, it's the the Fair Warning album is good. My favorite album is it really? Yeah, it is. I don't know. I've always felt like that's just the one that. I don't know. It, it's the darkest one. It's dark. Yeah, it's very dark. It's yeah. A, yeah it's but there, and but there's great stuff on that record. But the, I don't. That's maybe what is it? The Sunday afternoon in the park. Is that on that? Yeah, yeah. That's another kind of uh, the synthesizer. Synthesizer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, again, I don't think it. You know, it's interesting. It's just it's a yeah, it's a dark record. Yeah, but it, I thought musically they were even Michael Anthony, Alex. Yeah, I thought that was their biggest contribution. Right. Yeah, fair warning, and probably that's not, that's why it doesn't get as much appeal commercially. Yeah, maybe I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. We, so yeah, we go from yeah, we're, we're all over the place. But anyway, you know, what song are we talking about? Summer Samba. Summer Samba. <laughs> <laughs> really kind yeah. of got awful. great. Great poolside song. If you're a fan of like Mad Men and that whole vibe, you know, right. that kind of 60s summertime vibe, um, I highly recommend Summer Song. But adding that to your playlist when you're out by the pool okay. is, yeah, definitely great. Well, and, and I will tell you this when I listen to this song, it's, and it seems like I didn't immediately recognize it, but when I heard it, it's something I've 
probably heard, like you said, in an elevator, right. in a TV show or something. And the more I think, and I probably listened to this thing five or six times. I would say by the third listen, kind of going through the rotation and hearing it, here's the thought I had. This song makes me want to learn to dance to this music. It's it's inspiring. Right. And in my head, I was like, man, I really wish I could take lessons to dance to this because it's there's something cool about it. And then I'll go one step further. Not only do I want to learn to dance with this, in my head, I had this whole image of... You remember Edward Scissorhands, right? Movie? Yeah. Okay. There was the the Joyce character who was the the one that was always, I guess, trying to seduce him or whatever. Always had the big oh, on hair and the fingernails. The older lady. Yeah. There's a played by Kathy there's Baker. A, there's a dirtier name. She was like a neighbor or something. There's an acronym that's yeah, used yeah, yeah. for that. Yeah. So but like her style, the big hair, the fingernails, kind of that leisure yeah. suit. That, yeah, that's perfect. In my head, I want to learn how to dance to this music. I want to come home and my wife's made up with the big bouffant hair and we kind of got that style of clothing going on and we just go dancing every single night. Every single night after work, we go just dancing survive. to something like this. Yeah. Here's the catch. I got in a rhythm. So this is never going to happen. I could well, take, that's why we're both here. I could take all the dancing lessons in the world and I would still look terrible doing it. Yeah. But I will say this. Hearing this song and the image of thinking I could pull some shit like that off makes me happy. Just thinking about coming home from wherever and taking the wife out and going dancing for hours to shit like this. Sweeping her off her it just, it just, it sounds like so much fun. And yeah. it's like you said, it's a, it's a, it's such a happy feel to it. Yeah. Yeah. There's something about it. It's, it's, it's pretty cool. And like, you know, first couple, like I said, the first time I listened to it, it was like, oh yeah, okay, I kind of know this and it didn't really sink. And it took two or three listens and by the third lesson I was doing this whole scenario in my head of I'm going to go on dancing with the stars and yeah, I, and I, and to me, I so want to be in on the southern Southern California coast in the '60s. Yeah, you know, hanging out with Bruce Lee and uh, and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, you know, or Wilt Chamberlain, whoever. Right. You know, just it's like such a pop culture yeah. kind of vibe to it. So right. SoCal vibe. Yeah. You know, on the ocean Pacific. It reminds me of that movie Swingers when they went to all those little lounges yeah. and get you know they were all they were all playing field. that music and yeah 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 yeah. Awesome. Yep. That's my song. There's your song. Yeah, cool. That's that's what I dig about this is I get something from you. It's like, oh, yeah, I kind of remember that. And the more I just listen to it or dig into it a little bit, it's like I get fascinated with it. So this is definitely, and I'm going to tell you what, this is on my road trip playlist. I love driving around listening to this song. This is awesome. I was actually making dinner earlier and had it playing. So okay. it's, uh, yeah, it fit nicely. It's just something about it. It makes, makes everything, makes the sunshine a little brighter. That's right. Yeah. There you go. There you go. All right. Well, moving on to mine. I am uh, covering a song tonight titled Hauling Ass. That's <laughs> H-A-U-L-I-N apostrophe A-S-S, Hauling Ass, as in to move quickly, by a gentleman by the name of Roger Lee Coleman II. Uh, this song is off a 2017 Ear Candy EP. Basically, it's a five-song EP. You got five kind of completely different sounding songs on there. Uh, a little bit about Roger Lee Coleman II. He is also known as Raj the Guitar Man. He's from Eastern Kentucky. His background, uh, he's been in country bands, rock bands, bluegrass bands. Actually went to college on a banjo scholarship. Banjo scholarship? Banjo scholarship. 
I've never heard of such a thing. What no, college was this? Uh, I want to say Moorhead University. Moorhead State? Yeah. Okay. Kentucky. Banjo. Um, I wonder yeah. how many of those would give out. I, I have no idea. Never Again, never even heard of such a thing. Yeah. So, thought that was pretty cool. Um, and currently, Mr. Coleman is the lead guitar I guess he's a lead. He's one of the guitar players. I'm not sure. I think he's the band leader as well uh, for uh, country artist Justin Moore. And so that's how I've kind of gotten oh, okay. Roger is okay. being on the road and doing shows with those guys. So, do, 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 does the audience know your relationship with Justin Moore? What's that? Do, does the audience know? I don't know if you've ever talked uh, yeah, about and it. You know what? I'll say I don't know that I want to claim that I have a relationship with Justin Moore. I kind of work as a promoter rep for concerts, and I've done a number of Justin Moore shows with various folks I've worked with. Probably, That's probably the one artist you've worked with. I would say anybody. I've probably worked with him more than him and his group more than anyone else. And that's how you discovered yeah, yeah, today, so. yeah. That's how I got to know Roger okay. and, and several other guys. Yeah, and okay. that, that whole by the way, great guys. Everything everybody talked about them. Super cool. Can't say enough good things about those guys. But well, yeah, uh, you know, it, I, not to knock on them, but when you brought me this um, this yeah, song, yeah, you know, okay, I'll go on YouTube. I looked at it. It was 216, you know, hits on this video. Right. I was like. And how, I was, I was probably five or six of this them. guy. Yeah, I was gonna yeah. say, how did you discover this guy? Yeah. So okay, now it makes sense. You, yeah. You, found, you, you met him through Justin. I know this guy through an association through the work I do. Uh, hey, that's yeah. no knock because this is a great, this is a great song. This I is love a this song. Fantastic song. Yeah. I, I will say the, the the number one thing about this song that immediately grabs me is this song just starts. Yeah. There's no lead into it. It oh, is just, you are full-blown. It's happening. Yeah, the key, this yeah, thing the key is, is turned over. This thing is Smokey and the Bandit meets Hee Haw. Here we go. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You know, and, and one of the, you know, when I listen to this song, the my the imagery I have, man, I want to be in like a souped-up 70-something freaking Trans Am <laughs> right. barreling down some old back road, the smoke building off the back, and then every now and again, for no reason, pulling into some field and doing like six donuts and then pulling back out and hauling ass. That's, man, this song. Very Dukes of Hazard. Very Dukes of Hazard. very just Smokey and the Bandit. It's just everything about this. I, I could almost hear Waylon Jennings talking over it. You know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> this boy was headed for a heap of trouble. <laughs> <laughs> What's he doing in that field? Well, he, well he's taking off like a rocket in space. <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, but yeah, this uh, the, the groove of the song, man. I'm gonna go through a couple of points of just times through here that just really stick out to me. This, you know, overall, it's a sweet stomp to it at the beginning of it, kicks into that kick snare or groove, uh, bounce to it. Uh, 36 seconds into it, there's a sweet guitar run that I, I think is just fantastic. 50 seconds, 57 seconds into the song, there is a muted. Chicka 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 kind of sound yeah, to it. Nice, That's the best nice. way I can describe it. Yeah. That's cool as shit. Um, I'm a huge fan of that whistle that leads right into that piano solo. Right. You know, that is that's a, it's a sweet break getting off the guitar and then the piano just kind of picks it up and keeps the tempo and keeps rocking through just like the guitar's been doing. Yeah. I think that's fantastic. Uh, and then the guitar solo coming out of the piano solo. Marty McFly, Back to the Future. It just feels like that's something that Marty McFly would play. Yeah, and, and Chuck Berry's uh, brothers off yeah, the Marvin. side of the stage. Yeah, yeah, Marvin. That new yeah, sound you're looking for. Yeah, yeah, and, and listening. Yeah, 
And then finally, or not finally, but the second last thing I'll say, at, at two minutes and 34 seconds, there is a guitar swell that's dropped <laughs> yeah. in there. That thing just get, and I'm not, I'm not making this up. I get, I get chills. Maybe. I get goosebumps. The hair stand up. Huh? Hair stands up. I get the bumps. I love that. That just is perfectly placed. And the last thing I'll say about the the kind of the run of the song is the ending of it is just kind of that bar room, you know, quick little finish. Yeah. It doesn't fade out. It doesn't just end. There's a quick little finish, and then it's boom, yeah. it's done. Yeah, it's like you lift up his guitar neck to the drummer yeah. and say, we're going to stop it right here, right now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So. Yeah, uh, I, I, it, you know, it makes me wonder how many tricks this guy knows on guitar. Cause it seems like he just brings out everything on this. I'm going to tell you what. Roger is one of the most badass guitar players I know. That guy is just talented. I mean, if this is just a pinch of it, yeah. I, I would oh, love yeah. to know the rest of the yeah. story. But yeah, oh yeah, it's, he's, he's fantastic. Seriously, one of the nicest guys I've ever met. One of the funniest guys I've met. He's got that, uh, that Eastern Kentucky kind of twang to his talk you see a pack bill guy that area yeah and i mean it's like and i mean the guy he's just he's always it just seems like he's always cracking jokes or saying something funny or just he's just a good time he's just he's a lot of fun to be around all right and one of my one of my favorite stories kind of about this whole thing is there was one night where i had the opportunity after a show we were just all kind of hanging out and uh, they were going through listening to music. They were all getting on their phones, and they had it plugged into the stereo. And they were, they would play a song, and they would talk about it. And kind of like we're doing, kind of like we're doing, yeah. Kind of like the stuff just sitting around listening to music. But they yeah. would go through and and play songs, and it was just the 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 range. I mean, I was listening to some crazy deep cut bluegrass song, yep. and then jump to an ACDC song, and then jump to some YouTube video of. Some classic black and white country, something I've never heard. Vintage of. stuff. Vintage stuff, and it's I I loved that night so much because it's everything I love doing here with you. It was just sitting around going, "Hey man, listen to this song. This song's great." And then it would lead to, "Oh man, do you remember this song?" And then they would play another song. Man, I just sat back the whole night. I didn't say a word. Man, I just sat back and soaked it up, and just it was the best time I had. Just watching. All that culture These guys just kind of talking about what turned them on as professional musicians and, you know, oh, this oh, okay. is cool. And, I mean, it was that spark that I get when I talk to you about something. I'm like, dude, have you heard the song? This is fantastic. And, I mean, just picking out little stuff in the song going, dude, let's not hear this tone, this song, or the way he plays this part, or this drum fill, or whatever it was. I mean, they were – it was Going down to the production of Dude, it. It, was, it, was, it was one of my favorite nights ever. Okay. And just getting to hang out and just be a fly on the wall – and kind of watch those guys, and then they're funny as I'll get out, man. They're just they just have a good time, and and again, it's as, it's as genuine. You can see it. It's a genuine love of the music gotcha. that you can just see in his face and see in his eyes, and that's it's fascinating to me. It's it's exactly what I feel. So it was it was nice and refreshing. Um, and then the other thing I will say about that night, one of the, the the guy that actually plays the piano on this song is also in in. The band, okay. uh, a guy named Corey, and, and again, super sweet guy. I can't say enough nice things about him. But the the thing I remember about that is I have seen people play air guitar. I have seen people play air drums to a song. I've seen people sing along to a song. This guy is a talented keyboard player, and he was playing some song, and it was 
I don't even know what it was, but it was like very serious and very orchestrated and very difficult sounding. And it, it's like when he was playing, he was kind of just standing there, arm kind of arms crossed and kind of looking down a little bit and just kind of listening to a little bob of the head or whatever. And then it went into some break where something exploded and something just started getting played real heavily and fast or whatever. Dude broke out the air piano. Never seen anybody break out the air piano. And I told him. I told him the next day I saw him. I was like, dude, I've never seen anybody break out the air piano. And the fact that you did it with such passion is inspiring. That's exactly <laughs> what I said. Because he, he was just like, and he was like, oh, man, you know, you know, he's just a, just a, they're just good people. And he was just like, oh, man. So I was like, no, dude, I, I'm not making fun of you. I am being serious. That was intensely inspiring. Because he was just like, I mean, he was just, he, you can just tell they love it. Gotcha. Yeah. So he was going through, through the fields of it. Huh? Exactly. And again, that was, I mean, that was one of my favorite nights of, you know, doing what I do and being around. This is after a show. Yeah, this was here. just one night after a show okay. and just, you know, kind of everything was done and didn't have to get anywhere in a hurry and it was just kind of hanging out and chit-chatting and stuff. And God, it was so much fun. So, and again, just sitting back and watching it, I, that will, that memory will stick with me forever and, and it's just the best. All right. It's the best. That's so. how you discover him. I got you. Yeah. I mean, I don't know anything about, you know, I don't know nothing about this guy. Right. But, you know, I, the first thing I thought of when I heard the song was, oh, who's a guitar player in Chicken, chicken Foot right now? I mean, Satriani. Like, if Joe, Satriani, yeah. if he was from Eastern Kentucky or yeah. Georgia or East Tennessee, this is probably what he'd sound like. Yeah. I mean, I think he's that good. Oh, he's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. or, you know, if Dick Dale didn't come from California, he came yeah. from the you know the hills of northern Georgia. Yeah. I, I, ah, he's fantastic. And I want to hear more. Yeah. I, I want to hear more of that. Yeah, no, it's and, and I'll tell you what, if you if you want to get not to shamelessly plug anything, but there uh, there's plug it, there's a Justin Moore podcast. Okay. Um, and there is an episode, I want to think maybe the third episode. It but basically it's him and the band and they're all talking and telling stories. And Roger tells a great story of being a substitute teacher. Um, in his <laughs> in his early days, like elementary school. You're talking uh, about? I don't know if it's elementary. Or, I mean, it's I, th- like, I think it was like more like closer to maybe middle school, maybe if I remember correctly. I got you. But he tells a great story of of his time being a substitute teacher while trying to be a working musician with a tour that's traveling. Oh, I would just say, and and outside of it, the Justin Moore podcast is is fun. It's a lot of fun. I've been listening to it since it come on. Okay. Um, but no, like I said, I think it's the third episode. Where uh, the bands and and they're all together and then they're all just kind of telling stories and you if you listen to it you'll hear Roger talk and you'll know exactly what I mean with that Eastern Kentucky draw and I mean it's I've I've heard that guy say so many just he's got that deadpan kind of delivery sometimes and and just to hear hear half the stuff he says it's just hilarious and it's just you know he's doing it just to make you laugh yeah. just to have a good time but um, so I would encourage anybody if you want to hear some more stories from Roger. Go check out that third episode, if not all of them, for the Justin Moore podcast. Um, and then also, Roger, uh, you can catch more of him. It's Raj the Guitar Man. That's R-O-G, theguitarman.com. You can go check him out there. And that's it, man. That's my hauling ass review. Now I just need to go buy a souped-up badass car and go tear through some fields while I blast this thing out the speakers. Yeah, yeah I, you know, I would definitely recommend like a... You know, a 60, 
like 68, 69 Mustang. Yeah. You know, you know get that uh, 351 Cleveland. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, and I'll tell you what, I couldn't tell. I couldn't decide. I mean, my first instinct was like super hot rod doing donuts in a field. But my second choice was like a ridiculously jacked up monster truck. Oh, going to playing right. this going down back roads and tearing through fields too. And if, you know, I would get like a huge speaker, and I could be in the pass, you know, the passenger seat. Yeah, and I could get you know get on the mic and do my Waylon Jennings while you're oh my god, and, uh, and be, just and just do yeah. color commentary. Yeah, Todd's going to get pulled over by police if he don't settle down. <laughs> yeah. You know, and just let that blare out in the neighborhood. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think yeah. it'd be fantastic. Yeah. Good times. Yeah. All right. Well, that's that's me for today. That's uh, great. Cool. Love that. Love the instrumentals. Yep. Yep. So that kind of wraps everything up. Just quick reminder as we close it out. Check out the socials, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Try to keep updated information on that when episodes come out. Again, trying to put everything out. New episodes out on Friday. And, uh, and let us know what your favorite instrumentals are. <laughs> the best. That's the best when you swing in there with that, man. All right. That's it, man. Thank you so much. Bye-bye.